But it's crazy that we put levels on grace. We have no problem when that person comes in drunk or high the first three weeks loving on them. We got compassion for them. We are the church. But then when they don't start performing, it's like, ah, oh, man, he's just playing. Come on. Oh, yeah. That grace I had three weeks ago, I ain't got for you now because you didn't respond to the grace of God like we, should, like we think you should. And I get it. Our, there, there has to be a response to grace. I get that. But it's God's grace, not yours. And so as I, as I looked at the, I was just going to do one message. Okay, God, I'll do one message on grace. And I have this fancy um, Bible study software that the board purchased for me when I first, when I first became the pastor. And, and it has these biblical word search things. Like you can literally type in a word. It'll give you every scripture that that one word is in. It'll give you the, uh, the, the Greek, the Hebrew, the Latin. I mean, it'll give you so much stuff, I don't even know what it is, right? And so I just typed in grace. I'm starting to study, right? And like, there was just pages. It's like, oh, this is gonna have to be a series. <laughs> there is no way that you, can, that you can take the grace of God and put it into one sermon and, and do it justice. And so I don't know how long, how long a series this is going to, going to be, uh, but, but welcome to week one of a series that, we, that we've titled Unmerited. So... Uh, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go week by week, see what God speaks that week. Is everybody okay with that? Yeah. If not, I wasn't gonna change anything. I was just curious. Uh, just curious if you were if you were willing to receive. Because until you open the, until you open the, the the ears of your heart, there's nothing that God can pour into it. Amen. So it's it's participation. It's, it's engagement. I said last week, I, said, I think I said Wednesday night, permission to engage. So here's what I want to do this morning. I want you to lift your right hand as if you were given an oath. And say, now don't say it if you don't mean it. <laughs> like this is a cult. <laughs> say, I give God permission to engage. Okay, you said it. Now do you believe it? <laughs> Come on. I said, I said, God, but we went from shoot your shot, and I was doing, I was, my concrete block still there. I was shooting arrows over Amanda's car. Amanda, I did not hit the car. I don't know what I hit, but I did not hit the car. I made it over the car. I don't know what I did. My wife said, did you look and see if there was anything on the other side of the car? I said, no. That would have ruined my entire illustration. <laughs> I have no idea. Jason retrieved the arrow. I don't know where he found it at, but, but I was like, God, we're going from shoot your shot to the grace of God. Like, come on, like I was hype. And he said, yeah, because they won't shoot their shot until they get the revelation of the grace. He said, they will, they will never take the chance. They will never put themselves out there if they don't understand the grace of God. Why? Because, because, that, because we don't feel worthy. Because when we don't understand the grace of God and we start trying to earn the grace of God and we start, we start putting performance, our performance on the grace of God, then, then, then we, we come and go, well, I'm not. And I'm not good enough to pray for that person. Like, I didn't even pray for myself this week. And now God's putting somebody in front of me that has cancer? No, no. Man, I'll call you next week. I'll pray for three days. Come on, y'all. Y'all's acting like this ain't how y'all think. Let me, let me get prayed up. Let me get prayed up and then I'll come back and minister. And what do we do? We miss the opportunity. I love what, I don't know who coined it. Lael first said it. He said the opportunity of a lifetime must be seized within a lifetime of the opportunity. How many of you have ever walked away from somebody? How, how many of you have ever had an encounter with somebody that you knew God was calling you to minister to? Like your heart's beating out of your chest. Like you know. Like God's given. Like you don't even know what you're supposed to do. You're just supposed to, you're drawn to this person. You're like, well, I didn't see no angels and the beam of light didn't come down. And so I don't know. And you walk off. And then five minutes later, you automatically go, man, I should have prayed for that person. I should have took the shot. I should have, I should have just went up. Maybe they just need a hug. Maybe they just need to, somebody to acknowledge that they existed today. I don't know what they needed. And so the reason we don't take those shots is because we like, I don't, 
I don't feel worthy to represent God. I mean, think about it. Like when, when I say that statement, you go, oh my gosh. Because I can't, <laughs> why, you gotta, why you gotta get my business, God? I can't come preach the gospel when I yelled at somebody in road rage on the way to church. Come on. How am I going to preach the gospel to somebody that after last week's service made a comment I wanted to hit them in the mouth? Come on, I'm not not the only real person in here. Come on. Because this is how we think. We go, I I can't minister the grace of God. Like, I still need grace. I said, yeah, you do. That's why, that's, how you, that's why you understand it. But what we've done is we've taken the grace of God, and this is, I, I have messed my flow of my sermon all up. But we take the grace of God, and we put, we put qualifications on the grace of God. Therefore, we, we've, at some point, we've taken control of the grace of God. And it's no longer God's grace. We become, because we're representatives of the of the. Of the uh, of the church, of, of, of the church of God. I mean, like the church, I'm not talking about like the building. I'm saying we're representatives of the kingdom of God. Now we go, hey, uh, man, in church they tell you, you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to do that. And man, so-and-so will get mad at you if you walk in and you're showing a little cleavage. That old woman will get mad at you. I, I remember being in this church. Them old ladies would come cover you up with the modesty cloth. They ain't playing. Like, put them things up, honey. It's Sunday, not Saturday. I remember getting into ministry, and and they said, oh, you can't wear that on the platform. Like, it's cowboy boots and jeans. This is me. You hired me. He said, no, no, no. Now that you represent the church, you got to look like this. That's why I preach in, in, in Jordans. I didn't even own no Jordans until I started preaching, until I, until I became the senior pastor. Legit. I did not own any. Why? Because I'm trying to put out, I still every now and then, I, had my, I, I walked through the house with one dress shoe, one Jordan on today. And I was like, man. Looked in the mirror like this. Looked in the mirror like this. It's like, what, which one do I wear? Because I still got a little bit that, a bit of that in me. And can I tell you, when I prepare for, every time I prepare for a sermon, I still got a little bit of that earned grace in me. I go, man, I ain't got nothing to tell these people. I ain't got two, three hundred people counting online that are just, that are waiting on me to say something that'll change their life, and I need help. So we won't take the shot because I'm going to try to get back on my notes now. We won't take the shot because we feel unworthy to be used. And so I I pulled out a couple scriptures. There was a bunch of them. I'm going to start in Acts 6, 8. It says, Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed amazing miracles and signs among his people. And then Acts 14, 3 says, But the apostles stayed there a long time preaching boldly about the grace of the Lord. And the Lord proved their message was true by giving them power to do miraculous signs and wonders. God said, you know, the reason why we're not seeing the power of God today that we see in that day is because we have frustrated the grace. You say, well, frustrate the grace like that's a scripture that don't frustrate the grace of God. I say, it frustrates God because we don't understand the grace of God. It's like, man, I'm like, I want to be good to you and you won't receive it. You parents out there, maybe of, older, maybe of older kids, have you ever knew the answer and you wanted to help your kids and they wouldn't accept the help? Like, oh, I know they're about to destroy, they're about to make some big mistakes. But you can't tell them nothing. Because, but but, but let, me, let me encourage you in this. Some things need to be experienced. I told somebody one time, I said, they come to me and they say, well, I told that girl this and this and this and this. I was talking about it this morning with somebody. I told her this and this and this and this. And I said, do not rob her of her own experience of the grace of God. Because if they experience your grace, 
If they experience your grace, it's always got to come from you. And there's going to be a day, heaven forbid, there's going to be a day that you die. Or there's going to be a day that you're not around. Or there's going to be a day where you're not as graceful as you once was. Because after the 10th time, I told you to quit kicking that football in the house, boy, and you broke something. And little Caleb, he looks at you real cute and goes, uh-oh. <laughs> like, uh-oh, nothing, boy. I'm about to whoop your hiney. I don't have grace no more. And after your, after your son goes to prison for the fifth time, I'm not getting you out no more. You, you better pray for the grace of God because the grace of mama is over. And what happens? Here's, here's what happens. They got to come to the end of themselves and the end of us before they ever experience the grace of God. Because you keep bailing them out. Now they're a career criminal instead of one mess up and they experience the grace of God and the mercy of God. Now they're a career criminal because it, it became your grace. And you'll get them out as long as they go to rehab. And you'll get them out as long as they do this. And you'll give them money as long as they do this with it. And then you become the controller of grace. These scriptures said, if we want to see the power of God, we've got to understand the grace of God. I'm like, what? What's it got to do with it? Two different messages. One is shoot an arrow out the thing. And the other one is the grace of God. It's two different things, Lord. Like, that, ain't, that, don't, that's, that don't mesh. And he said, no, no, no. You think Stephen didn't have issues? You think Peter? Come on, Peter's my dude, man. Peter is my dude. I was talking to Leo about this the other day, and I said, can you imagine what it was actually like when Peter walked on water? I'm like, take the men's Bible study that, that Leo leads. A bunch of dudes just, just rough around the edges. They, they're not churchy, okay? That's the whole point of the group. Take them and let them see Jesus walking on the water. Here's how that happened. Peter said, dang, let me do that. There wasn't no point. He didn't do nothing. Yeah, he fell. Well, the Bible doesn't say he ever got back in the boat. Why are they going to get in the boat? They're walking on water. I think, I think they just walked onto the shore. Gets, man, get up. Come on, let's go. Why? <laughs> like, I read the Bible real, y'all. I read the Bible like kind of street or something. I don't know. <laughs> Mugtown. Come on. We're in Almoggy. I grew up. <laughs> I'm just a realist. You know what I mean? But if we present a gospel that, that doesn't relate, you got to put yourself like, how is Peter cutting some dude's ear off in one, scene, in, in one scene and his shadow is healing people in the next? How is he denying that Christ, he even knew Christ in one scene? In the next scene, Jesus comes. As soon as Jesus comes, he's like, I got to find, find the disciples. Yeah, I got the group. Where's Peter? I'm going to Peter. Why? Because if that dude gets a revelation, ain't no stopping him. And so I, I, I truly feel like if we can really, over the next few weeks, really get the revelation of grace, there will not be anything that will stop you. Not your performance, because you will all fall short of the glory of God. What differs a Christian from, a, from someone of the world? When we fall, we get back up. When we fall, we don't let it define us. When we get sick, we don't say, oh, I'm a cancer patient. That's why, look, I've never been in the world of addiction. But that's why I can't stand when people say, I'm a recovering addict. That don't define me. That's something that I've been through. I've been through addiction. Me. The, difference in, the difference in somebody that understands the grace of God is I now am defined by what God did for me, not what I did or didn't do. That's the difference in the grace of God, like how I define myself. 
And so God said to me, he said, they won't take the shot until they understand the grace. But once they get the revelation of grace, much like the original disciples, they will see the manifestations of it. We talk about, we've made it so much about the power that we don't understand that a manifestation of the power of God is merely a manifestation of the grace of God. And I see, and I finally got it, Lil. I finally got it, yes, last night, about 11 o'clock. I about text you, but I'll text Mark Lemieux instead. All my sermon notes, and then he's not even working today. So I was like, well, sorry, dude. He's like, don't worry, I, I turn my phone off at 830 because I'm an old dude, and I'll tease him. <laughs> he can take it. He can take it. He's got, he's got thick skin. But I finally got it. I have prayed for Probably, I could probably say at this point thousands of people to get healed of various things and I never understood why why God would heal a straight up meth addict and leave a believer sick it don't make no sense it don't make no sense and he told me last night he said because they understand they need grace the church people think they got to earn grace. He said, they can't receive because they know how bad they've been. Where the, crack, the meth head or the crackhead, whatever they're on, whatever those people that don't, even, that don't even know God. They're just open to the idea, the concept. Like, you know what I am. That's why, that's why, that's why the Bible says that's why Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. I am what I am. Why? He said, I got to get through this. I want to present a thought to you this morning that grace is the gospel. We have made it a, we've made it a byproduct of the gospel, an aspect of the gospel, but grace is the gospel. I'll show you some scriptures this morning. Acts 20, 24, Paul says this. He said, but my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus Christ, the work of telling others the good news. What's the good news? The work of telling the others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. He said, it, all of this stuff, all the, all the letters I write, all the do's and don'ts and don't do this and do this, he said, all of it, none of it makes sense unless I finish the, the work that's put in front of me to tell them the gospel. And we stop there. Like the, my work, my, my assignment is to tell them the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. What is good about Jesus Christ? The grace. He said, the good news about the wonderful grace of God. What's the good news about? The wonderful grace of God. So the first question we have to ask today, in week one, we have to ask, what is grace? What is grace? We sing amazing grace, but we don't even know why it's amazing. Oh, me. I can't sing. I'm not even going to pretend like I can. If I broke out in amazing grace, and I'm not going to, thank you, that's grace, but I'm not going to, okay? Every one of you could sing some rendition. Now, some of y'all old school, some of y'all OG, you can sing every verse of it. Like, I just know, like, the main thing, you know what I mean? How sweet the sound. Come on. But why is it amazing? What's amazing about it? Have you ever really thought about it? Like, why is it amazing grace? If I surveyed the church people and asked them, what is the grace of God? A lot of them would know the definition of the grace of God. What's the gra Can somebody give me a definition of the grace of God? What is grace? Unmerited favor. Mark had his hand up. He was more polite than Brother Ike, but Ike said it louder. <laughs> just messing with you, brother. But just because I know the definition of something does not mean I understand the concept of it. We know the church phrase, and I'm not, I'm, you're exactly right, but we don't know what that means. The unmerited favor of God. To elaborate, I like this. If we're going to go to the, the definition, 
I, I heard another preacher say it like this. Grace is the unmerited, undeserved, unearned love and favor of God. It's the unmerited, grace is unmerited favor. What's that mean? It means you're my favorite even when you didn't earn it. He said, God looks at every single one of you and he said, well, God's no respecter of person. No, we're all his favorite. We're all his favorite. Some of us just let him work a little bit, a little more in our life than others. Some of us choose to walk in our inheritance. Some of us would rather struggle. Some of us would rather know at the end that I, I finished the race. I'm riding a golf cart. Y'all ran this marathon. I'm riding a golf cart of grace. I'm like, I'm not running. It was a joke, y'all. They're like, well, this is a messed up definition of the grace of God right now. I couldn't think of myself as running. It's like, God, you're going to have to give me a different analogy. The grace of God is going to have to carry me. I think the better question is, what does grace do? Because when we think, of, if I ask you what, what is grace, then you have unmerited favor. We have the definition of grace. But what does it do? What does the grace of God actually do? Ephesians, Ephesians 2 says it's how we receive salvation. Ephesians 2, 8 says God saved you by his grace when you believed. What we've done is we've taken that and said, God saved you by his grace when you believe. You're, you're saved, but if you mess up, you lose that. You gotta, I'm gonna give it to you free one time, and then you gotta earn it from here on out. Come on, it's like the, we, we put a Boy Scout badge on this thing. But you completed the task. Let me, let me, let me, okay, let me take it a little more mature. We, we put, we put biker patches on you. We go, okay, come on. We put, okay, you're now a part of the, you earned your spot. But if you don't keep performing a certain way, I'm going to rip you of your patches because you can't represent us no more. That's what we've done with the grace of God. Oh, you're a Christian. You're doing a good job. Good job. You got, you believed, you did good. Oh, that, oh, oh! I saw you cuss that lady out in the drive-through line. Mm-hmm. Just because y'all can't merge at the McDonald's drive line, y'all know y'all got mad at that one person that went when they wasn't supposed to. Hey, McDonald's is hood. Y'all don't even know. <laughs> Sam ran into somebody at Taco Bell one time. <laughs> it wasn't road rage. That was a bad transmission in the little car. We was broke, y'all. That thing was just junk. You had to stay way back. The thing would just be like, whoop, boom. It's like, drive-thrus is dangerous, y'all. Take a bunch of hangry people trying to get a dollar double cheeseburger. That's dangerous. You need the grace of God in the McDonald's drive-thru. So we are saved by grace, the unmerited. We didn't deserve it. And, we, and let, me, let me finish that. It says, and you can't take, you can't. It don't say can't in the Bible, okay? You can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. You can't say, oh, yeah. I'm at church. Post that on Instagram. I gave my life to Jesus. I got baptized. Me, 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 me. And after a while, the problem with you taking credit for it is now you've placed your performance. You've made it about you. We've fallen into a trap. You guys know I'm all about the traps. You ask Leo, I'm all the time saying, Oh, here's the trap we fell for. And he's like, Well, you always talking about traps. I'm not even a trapper. Joe's a trapper. We're saved by grace, unmerited favor. We can't take credit for, for it. It's just a gift when we believe, not when we perform. He says, You were saved by grace when you believed. It did not say. You came to an altar, you, you snotted all over the altar, you went out in the spirit, and they had to cover you up with somebody's old sheets, and I'm just making, the only people that got it was churchy people, like, he's like, yeah, I donated those sheets. 
tired. I need to get on with this today. I'm playing too much. <laughs> it saves us. <laughs> and it's not a reward for the good things we've done. You sure? Because I thought the grace of God was like a mortgage loan. Like I had to qualify for this thing. Like, okay, like, I got to say the, this exact phrase. I get people all the time like, well, you got to walk them down the Romans road. And you got to do this and you got to do that. Like, Man, salvation's an issue of the heart. And, and so we, we make it about this. Like we've made everything. We're man. We got to figure out how to recreate, right? So we've made everything a formula. I tell you, the grace of God is the greatest mystery in the gospel. Because the people I think that should get it, they don't get it. And the people that I think just playing the church and trying to get money, trying to get stuff, God will just keep giving to them. I said this about somebody today. They said, well, you know that person, they just always just wanting something from the church. I said, yeah, they're going to get too close to the fire one day have an encounter. I'm just going to keep giving them. It's going to keep giving. Why? Because they're going to get the grace of God. They're going to experience the grace. They're going to understand it wasn't of me, and it wasn't because they did anything. They didn't earn it. It's the grace of God. It saves us, and it's not a reward for the good things we have done. I came to give someone good news today. You're a pre-qualified for the grace of God. You ever get those letters in the mail from, from those, from those uh, credit card companies? You pre-qualify 0% for, for half a month. And you got $40,000 you can spend. Redefine prints like 80% interest after six days. <laughs> Man, you ain't have time to give me a bill yet. You're already charging me interest on this thing. You're pre-qualified for the grace of God. You don't have to do nothing. All you, there's, there's one requirement. All I got to do is believe. Believe what? Believe that I believe that God wants to give it to me. See, what, what the, the problem is when we, when we start putting qualifications on the grace of God, then what we do is we make God a dictator. And we think it's like that. You got, I am I'm all over the place today. You guys remember Wizard of, Wizard of Oz? Where they finally made it to the, to the guy. What was this? What, was, it, was it the wizard? It was, I mean, I guess it was the Wizard of Oz, right? They finally make it to the Doors open and they're like, ah! like man, your house died blown away. You done dealt with little oompa loompas. You got a lion and a tin man walking with you, and now the whole journey, and now you're scared to go talk to the dude. Like I'll be like, get out of my way, bro. I came all the way. I survived all this stuff. Got some witch crawling all over me. Like I'm going. I didn't mean this dude need to talk. He got the answer to my problems. I don't know where that came from, and I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> we got this pre-qualification letter, but, but the, oh, I know where I was going with that. I'm, I'm getting back on track. Here's what we do. We finally get up the gumption and come to church. And give an altar call. And because of the culture of most churches, they've been looking at me. They didn't want to sit by me. They move. They're like, oh. They pretend like somebody across the church asked them to come sit with them. Oh, yeah. Hey, man, God bless you. I want to sit over here. That dude stink. Come on. Y'all done. Y'all did that. That's why I'm in y'all's business. Y'all's quiet today. And so then, so then what's it? He said he's hungry. Is that what you said? <laughs> he said, hurry up, preacher. I'm hungry. <laughs> That's funny. Anyway. So then, when the door of opportunity is open to grace, we're scared of it. Because the ones that represented grace didn't have the revelation of grace. And I've been treated in a way, so much, so much a way that it makes, I don't feel worthy to come down here. I'm not going to stick my hands up and worship God. I just stuck a finger up and worshiped somebody else on the way to church. I can't be. I'm not worthy of the grace of God. Just like the letter that came for a pre-qualification for a credit card, I got a letter. 
I got a book of letters that say you're pre-qualified and it, it's not earned. It's free. No interest. And it's got way better benefits. Come on, I got a book called the Bible that is a letter, a, a series of love letters to people that do not know him saying, listen, all I want you to do is believe in me and it activates an inheritance. Way better than the credit line that, that MasterCard's trying to give me. It's free. The grace of God unlocks an unlimited, endless inheritance for our lives. That's why. That's why the, the devil has tricked us into frustrating the grace of God. And he's blinded us to what it, what it actually means. It's free. I want to teach you for just a second. In Romans 5, uh, in, in hopes that we get the revelation and understanding of the spiritual aspect of the grace of God, I want, I want to teach you real quick what happened. This is how, because I think sometimes it's like grace is like never actually explained. It's just, it's the unmerited favor of God. You got favor. It's free. God give you favor. That's all I know about it. I'm just being real. It's all I was ever taught about grace. I, I heard a couple sermons, but... Like it was just a concept that we added to the gospel. It was not the gospel. So I'm telling you that the, that the grace of God is the gospel. What is the grace of God? It's the gospel. It's good news that I don't have to earn it. It's unmerited. I don't deserve it. It's good news because I am pre-qualified. It is not worried about the credit rating of my past because I did not pay my bills. Let me, let me teach you before I get out of, out of hand here. Romans 5. Verse 12, reading 12 through 20, it says, When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone. For everyone sinned. Okay? You have to understand. Understand something. I used to tell my youth this all the time. Uh, some of the youth that are in here today will, will testify to this. I used to tell everybody, they used to sit around and go, No, no, I, I ought to get this. They used to complain to me about their parents. Yeah, parents, they complain to me about you. But don't worry, I got your back. You know what I told them? I said, you deserve death. Everything else is grace. Because you, you were born dead to sin. You guys understand that, right? Because Adam sinned, now mankind is born into sin. It is in our, we, we're inheriting Sin, death, for the wages of sin is death. You're born into that. Every single breath you take is grace. Every single one. So I used to tell those teenagers, like, don't tell me what you deserve. My mama won't let me get a phone. My mama didn't buy me a car. For real? Like, my daddy got so mad he killed me twice. Mama prayed me back. <laughs> Power of a praying mama. I think Stormy O. Martin wrote that book. I think she didn't say mama, though. She said mother. So Adam's sin brought death. So death spread to everyone for everyone's sin. Yes, I love this. Verse 13. Y'all, we're arguing law versus grace, right? He said, yes, people sinned even before the law was given. He said, y'all have made the law about sinning. He said, people were sinning before we ever even got the law. He said, but it was not counted as sin because there was not yet any law to break. Still, everyone died from the time of Adam to the time of Moses. Even those who, do not dis who, who did not disobey an explicit command of God as Adam did. He said, everybody was dying. It was crazy. Weren't sin, they weren't sinning because there wasn't no law to break. They didn't know what sin was. There was no definition of sin. He said, now Adam is a symbol, a representation of Christ who is yet to come. But there's a, there's a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. We have to understand there is a, there is a vast difference between Adam's sin and the grace of God. We have connected the two. We've made them great. You, you sin long enough and the grace of God runs out. God ain't giving you grace no more. I don't know where that scripture is, but you can email it to me after service. It's jhughes at therefuge.us. Uh, 
Don't end it to me because it's not there. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that there is an end of grace. Come on. But there's a difference in, in Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. For the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death to many. That's what I'm talking about. You deserve death. You dying. Everything else is grace. Adam brought death to many, but even greater is the wonderful grace and his gift for the forgiveness to many through, the, through this other man, Jesus Christ. He said, this other dude, the man. I like what he said, this other man, the man, Jesus Christ. As a result of God's gracious gift, it is very different from the result of the one man's gift, uh, of the one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation, but God's free gift leads us to, a, to being made right with God. Even though we are guilty of many sins, for the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many, but greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness for all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Verse 18, yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation to everyone. But Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and a new life for everyone. Because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. But because one person obeyed God, many became righteous. I love these last two verses. God's law was given so that all the people could see how sinful they were. But as people sinned more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. Come on, he didn't say, he didn't say, oh, there's too much sin in America. I don't have the grace for that. Anybody ever heard that phrase? I've lost the grace for that person. I don't have the grace for that. He said, when sin became more abundant, my grace just came more and more abundant. He said, so just as sin ruled over all the people and brought them to death, now God's wonderful grace rules instead giving us right standing with God as a result and resulting in eternal life through Christ Jesus. I want you to notice something. It says instead. That's a big word. We just read right over it. That's a big word. He said now, no longer should your life be ruled by whether you're sinning or not. He said your life could ne should now be ruled by the grace of God instead. Because no matter how much you mess up, my grace is still sufficient for you. No matter how much you mess up, don't let it keep you from, from don't let it keep you from feeling, feeling worthy to come to me. Don't let it keep you from worship. Don't let it keep you from, from making attempts. Remember, I told you last week, this year we're going, we're not, we're not dedicated to results, we're dedicated to attempts. Notice it says. God's grace rules instead. You know, the problem with grace is at some point God, uh, man took control of it. You've heard me say this many times. Grace in the, in the hands of man is dangerous. Grace in the hands. I, I wrote this statement late last night, and I love it. I don't know how I'm going to end this. But I'm going to get the, worship, the entire worship team up here, please. I wrote this statement, it says, Grace in the hands of man creates sons, but grace in the hands or grace in the hands of God creates sons, but grace in the hands of man creates prodigals. Grace in the hands of God creates sons of God, but grace in the hands of man creates prodigals. Because we pick and choose who gets it, who deserves it, and who chooses. And we, and we choose who to show it to based upon the performance of the, and the scripture clearly says it's unmerited. It's unearned and it's undeserving. We think we have to have it all together, but Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 12 that he had, a, he had a vision and in it he had a weakness and a thorn in his flesh as we call it in the church. And he said, I asked God to take it away three times. And it popped out to me in red letters what, what God's response was. I love it in the NLT. It says, my grace is all you need. My power works better in your weakness. The very thing that we feel like is unqualifying us for the grace of God is actually making the grace of God more abundant in our life. 
Well, you have to get the revelation of grace. Understanding grace causes you to serve God out of love and reverence and thankfulness rather than out of fear. Can I tell you, as crazy as the world is today, I could stand in the pulpit and preach on end time prophecy and scare the hell out of a lot of people. God said, no, I don't want them like that. I want them to understand the grace. I want them to be drawn to me out of love. Because after a while, after a while when they're not destroyed, the fear goes away. And I tell you, some of the scariest things in the world, if you do them enough times, you're no longer scared of them. I'm not going to, but I, if I chose to skydive, I'm not stupid, I'm not doing that. I'm not like Colton Keel. I'm not doing that. Like, I'm not jumping out of, a, out of an airplane. No, not on purpose. But if I did it enough, it wouldn't be a big deal anymore. Here's the problem. Here's the problem with us preaching law and preaching performance. After I sin enough and don't die, and I'm no longer scared of it anymore. And that's why we got to wait. That's why we got to wait until people are at rock bottom before they'll get saved. We could have got them when they was good with the love of God. But now we got to get them where they're actually afraid they're going to die. And if they never get to that point, we have a we have a chance that we never we never win them. Why? Because we don't understand the revelation of the grace of God. Far too long have we viewed grace as something we have to earn and keep earning. So we so we don't give him our our full hearts. We don't feel worthy to worship him. We don't feel qualified to walk out our callings. So we don't feel valued enough by God or the church. I've showed you plain as day today. Unearned. Undeserved. Title of our series. Unmerited. Would you dim those lights out in the sanctuary for me? Stand to your feet this morning. Unearned. Undeserved. Unmerited. Now there's one requirement you have to make a choice. There's only one requirement you have to make a choice. Do you believe me? Do you believe the word I preached this morning? Do you believe that God wants to show you grace? He wants It's a free gift. The Bible says he's no respecter of persons. Whatever he'll give me, he'll give you. So what's the difference? Why am I living a different life than you? One, nobody ever told you. It's not your fault. But now that we've told you, you've got a choice to make. I said, I've laid before you this day the choice, life or death. Choose life. It's a choice. Grace is a choice. Grace is a choice. Am I going to let it apply to my life or am I going to keep earning it? Can I tell you? I've been on both sides of that. And I tell you, serving in this very church, I was trying to earn it. And I was blaming everybody else. I was blaming leadership. I was blaming those over me. I was blaming whoever. It's like, but really, it was just that I didn't understand the grace of God. And it's been this season. It's been this season. It's been the weeks. It's been the weeks that I'm not perfect and God still uses me to preach the word. Come on. Come on. When you had a rough week and you failed and God still asked you to pray for the sick, you're going to shoot your shot? Or you're going to say, oh, no, 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 I can't this time. I did dope this week. I can't come worship God today. sex with somebody that wasn't my wasn't my boyfriend this week. I can't worship. God's mad at me. We've 
experience this frustration of the grace of God. He's saying, and we've always said, like, God gave you grace, don't frustrate the grace. And we've preached it from a concept of don't take advantage of God. And God's only frustrated that you're not taking advantage of Him. God's only frustrated that you're not taking advantage of what He's, what's he, what he's trying to freely give you. So I'm going to give you grace. And when you mess up, I'm going to give you grace. When you mess up, I'm going to give you grace. When you mess up, I'm going to give you grace. There has to be a response to grace. I'm not saying that this is like, this ain't Oprah, where you can do what you want. Because after a while, after a while, you, you can keep messing up. And I'm going to keep giving you grace. I'm going to keep giving you grace. I'm going to keep giving you grace. And after a while, you're going to quit messing up because of the grace. Y'all been trying to get him to perform. It says, it's the goodness of God that draws man to repentance. Meaning what? It's the goodness of God that causes man to change. Okay? That same word goodness is, is, is grace. It translates as grace. It's the grace of God that will cause man to change. I'm not pointing him out. He's just up here. misfits than a bunch of perfect people. I'm telling you that right now. Because then my position would be obsolete. You would need me. And I tell you, I know churches that don't need a pastor. They got 10 people, they've all been saved since for 45 years, and they don't even, they don't even want a pastor. Just leave me alone. Sing five songs, do a Bible study, and go home. supposed to 
not supposed to stand up for what's right. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the pulpit's not the place. Sometimes I can't even watch some of this crazy stuff that's going on right now because I'm afraid it'll bleed into this. Because what I feed me ends up regurgitating to you. So I have to guard my heart. declare to God this morning that you're letting that stuff, you're tired of letting that stuff hold you back. Is anybody tired of letting the mindset of earned grace hold you back? There are full-time ministers sitting in this church today that God has called to ministry. That the devil deterred you and you messed up and you think you can no longer do it anymore because took advantage of the grace of God. Now I'm just a peace sinner. It's all I can be. Respond to every altar call and hope that one day I truly feel true forgiveness. No. If you're tired of feeling that today. If you're tired of you're tired of letting bad decisions hold you back. break the chains of mindsets that I have to earn the grace of God and I came to tell you that it is a free gift. Do not let it hold you back this year. If we're going to shoot our shot, we got to understand that we're going to make some mistakes. We're going to we're going to flub up a little bit. We're going to it's not going to be perfect and polished. It took a long time. You look at all these people on the internet and you look at Steve Perdick and T.D. Jakes and Paul Daughtery and all those and you go, man, that's what God's called me to. There's no way I can get there. Because why? Because you won't take the first step. That's the only that's the only thing holding you back. The only thing holding you back is receiving the grace of God. And knowing that hey, what is grace? It's unmerited. I'm his favor. It's unmerited favor. Exactly right, brother. I unmerited favor. favorite even though you didn't earn it 